everyone, welcome back to episode of Crew 3 Podcast. I'm your host, Ruckman. With me, as always, are my co-hosts, Chris and Ricky. Gentlemen, say hello. Hey. Hey, how's it going? Uh, going pretty good. And of course, we are sponsored by Warm Supposed to Patreon. That's patreon.com slash crew3mtg. Check in the box to get your names on all of our YouTube videos and streams. $5 gets you a piece of monthly exclusive content and the backlog of all the content we've put out before. And of course, $50, $30 international gets you the monthly swag bag mailing, which we haven't picked uh, who's going to do that yet. So uh, we'll figure that out and let you all know on next episode who will be doing next month's mailing. Uh, and uh, also, if you go to the description of the podcast below, you'll find a link to our Inked Gaming store. We can buy one of two wonderful glasses we have for sale, but also the link applies an affiliate code. So if you buy something else after clicking that link, we still uh, they know we sent you there. And that helps us uh, keep things running. Gentlemen, how are y'all doing this week? I'm doing pretty good. I had a pretty eventful weekend. Yeah, I think uh, we'll talk about that here in a couple minutes. Uh, Chris, what are you up to? Uh, not a whole lot. Playing some uh, Strixhaven Limited, getting used to the uh, new cards, seeing how they interact with yeah, other yeah. magic cards that uh, that exist. For sure. I, uh, I'm i definitely excited for our Strixhaven League. Of course, the fall to our TSR League. I'm uh, about to do some big dumb things and uh, set up probably the eventual winner again. So uh, I'm excited to uh, make Ricky mad with bad trade mistakes I make. Set up the eventual winner again. Trading somebody a jungle hollow does not mean you set up the eventual winner. I didn't I didn't set up Nate the last time, but this <laughs> time though. <laughs> oh yeah, I couldn't have made it without my common dual land from M21. But this time though, I I made that boy. Well, he's going to get some cool stuff, but uh uh I think he's 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 also a bit of a self-made man. He believes sure. in the eleven ten. Sure. I did not believe in the eleven ten. <laughs> that is very true. He he definitely does is going to believe in the eleven ten. Uh, I've been having our I've been all right. We just uh, hanging out doing some stuff. But of course, as always, something happened in Magic. Something happened in Magic for a while. Something's been slowly grinding away and killing Magic. And for that, this week, we turn to what's kill, what killed Magic. And of course, what killed Magic this week is Ricky Lynn going over the dark side and playing Flesh and Blood. <gasps> Ricky, why don't you break it down for us? Clutch your pearls real quick. So, this has been a long time coming. Uh, by that, I mean in order to play Flesh and Blood, I had to pre-order for a pre-release that had happened yesterday. Uh, I had to pre-order back in March. Okay. So I pre-ordered in March. So uh, you you were able to play the game though it isn't just an entirely a Ponzi scheme right I was able to play the game it was uh, beyond a surreal experience though okay uh, I uh, I went I opened up uh, six packs of Flesh and Blood Monarch after which opening said cards I opened a foil common which uh, somebody literally leaned over and was like wow you're so lucky that card's like a hundred dollars okay but it was one of the special like first edition only cop like foilings right yeah. It looks sort of like the etched foil from Commander Legends. So when they were good etched foils, not the current versions of etched foils. Right. Uh, They were the good etched foils. Um, The card was uh, seemingly not very good based on my limited game knowledge. Okay. And uh, yeah, I was told the card is worth $100. Okay. And did you sell it on the spot for your $100? Uh, I sold it on the spot uh, for $75. Okay. That seems pretty pretty good. Um, And how how are the rest of your actual games? The the actual game feels really really bad. Okay, it is because you draw your hand back every turn, so uh, it doesn't really matter uh, how you you're trying to spend your hand as much as you can every turn. There's no creatures or anything; you just hit each other. 
and it's not really made for limited. Uh, I got uh, a, I played a 50 round best of one match in which there was no winner at the end of 50 minutes. Uh, so that was very exciting. Uh, my opponent just kept not attacking me, but just playing all their cards on defense. Uh, so they weren't progressing anything on the board. And I was not progressing because all my attacks were just getting blocked. Okay. Uh, that seemed like a flaw in the game. <laughs> the uh, Then my second round, I got blown out by my opponent playing four main deck copies. Uh, everything's main deck because it's sideboard, right? Or no sideboard. So yeah. they're playing four copies of a uh, a card that is literally, uh, yo, heck to that dark card. Uh, essentially, you could play light or dark faction. I was playing dark faction, so his cards were just really good against me. He had the the equivalent of like a red elemental blast. Yeah, he said essentially he had reb, mm-hmm. but for like light versus dark. And I opened one of those. I opened a dark, the dark version of the light leb. Or uh-huh. it, it was not good. It was way less good than the light one was. <laughs> uh, mine was just like uh, if your opponent is doing like the light mechanic, you can like make them take one damage. Mm-hmm. And his was like, oh, just like stop attacks for free if they're dark attacks against you. And it's just like, well, guess I'll die. <laughs> so, Sounds a little unfair. So at the end of this all, you're, you're, you kept your cards. You're a big French in franchise force or flesh and blood player now, right? Oh no. I sold my whole pool for the $30 that I entered with back to somebody who beat me after round three. Okay, and that's on top of the seventy-five you made from selling your foil, right? So you're you're up about eighty bucks on the whole thing, right? It's a terrible game. I can't wait to come back next set set and uh, play again, <laughs> just to make more money because this game just is a to Ponzi make scheme. more money because this game is a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad we verified that. I need uh, to ask a, hey, an important question. But, oh yeah, go ahead. Um, how does this game compare to one a Battle Spirits? Battle Spirits is way better than this game. Wow. But not worth free money, so definitely worse. Yeah, true, yeah, true, yeah true. exactly. Uh, my Battle Spirits cards aren't worth anything. That's why I've kept them. Right. <laughs> so, uh, look, Channel Fireball, Alpha Investments, whoever actually owns this game that we know you secretly own this game, um, we'll talk more about it and we'll be nicer about it, but uh, I expect like eight boxes of First Edition Monarch on my doorstep next week in order to do that. I think that if this game, if I had played Constructed, I could have sat down with this game and had a decent, fun time uh-huh. with some buddies around a table, right, playing it. Like, just sort of like a board game. Yeah. I could see even, like, to the point of, like, playing Constructed and, like, showing up once a week to play four rounds with the local, you know, group. Sure. Uh, I cannot see PTQs or GPs of this game it would literally be the most infuriating thing ever and never play limited you, you have to open your equipment so like i had my like weapon and my little hero guy okay and like i had uh i had a uh, one pair of boots and i'd like okay here's my stuff and then like my other opponent is just like here's my helmet here's my armor piece here's my leg piece here's my hands piece here's two weapons and i was just like oh i've lost before we started <laughs> Bro, the guy's a dual wielder. That's that's cheating. Yeah, he had a dual wielder guy. I had I had a girl who uh, my mechanic was. I take damage for playing my cards. <laughs> it was Sick exciting. Mechanic. It was but, exciting. Uh, 
but yeah, I will I will accept all uh, offers of first edition boxes just to flip on the aftermarket and say good things about your game. Uh, don't definitely open them. Well, no, no, no. I'm going to open them and then flip the cards. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, I will. That is the, uh... I'll shill it for Olive Garden gift cards. I'm just saying. Well, look. We'll always uh, shill for Olive Garden we, gift we cards. We will I always that was, shill for Olive Garden gift cards. That's, that was just assumed. That's, that's implied. But I, I'm out here trying to get the NFTs of the card game world to sponsor us oh, now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 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 Uh, I can't wait to I'll, own an Oko NFT and turn all my opponent's NFTs into 3-3 Elks. You Ooh. say that, but they said in the last... Um, I know. I know. I read it. They are rec- That's a really cool magic because the fact that Hasbro and Watsio are looking at NFTs and marketing NFTs. That's a whole other story that's crypto's a cam- scam, but uh, don't at me on Twitter about that because I don't care about your opinions on crypto. You anyway, can at me uh, on Twitter about your opinions on crypto. No, you don't. You don't want the crypto bros after you. <laughs> All right. Let's kick it over to the Pioneer Metagame with our 14-day breakdown. Some big shakeups again this week. 12th place, Leslie Company at 3.7%, sharing 3.7% also with Blue Black Control. 10th place, Mono Green Stomp with 4% of the meta. 9th place, Esper Control at 4.3% of the meta. 8th place, 5%... 5% of the meta, Orzhov, Humans. 7th place, sharing 5.3% of the meta is Jund Food. Again, that's 5.3% of the meta is Bant Spears, number 6. And of also, Lotus Combo at number 5. Number 4 at 5.7% of the meta, Rakdos Pyromancer. Number 3 at 6.7%, sharing that percentage with number 2, Luris Burn. And is it Phoenix? Both. And number 1, back with the bullet, Nivtolite with 13 percent so big shakeups here from this last week uh blue black control dropped from number three to number 11 uh is it phoenix dropped from number two to number three jun food is up from number 11 slesnia company is a new track boros feather featherless aggro whatever you want to call that deck list dropped off and a couple of minor things here monogreen stompy also dropped from number six to number 10 so big shakeups there gentlemen what do you think Tough to say on this one. Um, I uh, I still think that Niv Delight has just such an insane kind of value train. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm checking to see if these lists, just from some of the the tournaments we're going to talk about, do anything uh, new or crazy. There's a couple lists. I mean, lists tend to do something different. I think that's what makes those lists interesting. Yeah. If anything, is that because it's five colors, you just have access to the whole entire library. Right? I think so. the big thing right now going on the Niv Delight world is. The discussion on zero, one, or two copies of Prismari Command. Sure, I could see That's that. That's kind of the the big thing I got I see going on right now. There's a pretty big uptick, and we'll see why. In Jun Citadel's con, kind of gone by the wayside, and we're seeing food take over, which is uh, kind of interesting in my opinion. It was a deck that I wasn't super in on when food was sort of popping up, but I I see in this meta where it can sort of find a foothold to stick around. I'm excited to see Banned Spirits on top. Mono Black and Vampires, nowhere to be found this week, though. Yeah, there's there's so much removal. I mean, like, again, I think we talk about it all the time, but Pioneer is one of those formats where it's like, it feels like the answers are better than the the threat still. Yes. Which which is a little crazy, given how it kind of goes the other way in a lot of the other formats, you know? Yeah. But uh, Well, that's that leads to a, a discussion we are having on the Discord a little earlier this afternoon, this evening, where we were talking about companions, and we're just like, man, like, could Luris, do we just get rid of Luris and Pioneer? I'm like, honestly, I think the aggro decks need 
Luris around because of just how inter- I think Pioneer is possibly the most interactive format right now. Yeah, it could be. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I've played a good amount of Luris, and typically I find Luris is best in the other aggro mirrors. Like, yeah. against control, like, if that's what you were doing, you probably have lost, to be honest with you. Probably like, if you have the right. three mana to, like, try and get a Luris back, like, you're in a rough spot if that's what you're just tapping out but, to doing. Or but even the aggro decks, they're all, like, playing burn spells and fatal pushes themselves, too, so... Yeah. I, I, I think Pioneer... I would call Pioneer the most interactive for right now. Granted, I haven't touched Modern in a while, but to me, Modern is always going to be the format you just stare across the table at your opponent until one of you wins. Yeah, well, like I said, it's, it's again, due to the, the you know, the combo purge of Pioneer. You're, you're not going to see much combo, so you are going to see these kind of decks. And, and the decks with the biggest toolbox is because, the you know, the mana is not that bad at Pioneer. It's not great, but it's not the worst either. You're definitely going to see some people trip up because of their mana. But, sure. you know, Sylvan Carotid goes a long way. So, yeah, yeah. but I mean, I am excited. I mean, Phoenix is is kind of an exciting card, and, and people are moving up to um, Shadow's Verdict, I think, is the new Wrath of Choice. So yep. that uh, that doesn't really hurt our, our Phoenixes too much or our Crackling Drake. So excited for that. But, uh, you know, you've also got Traft up there doing some good things, as we'll talk about in a minute. So, I mean, there's a lot of things you can play. And I think what we're seeing is a lot of the, you know, the players like their value buckets. And Nifta lights a big old value bucket, so. I still think uh, the, right. the John Sacrifice decks are really good, too. Well, I mean, now they're food, right? I mean, with the food, you have trailer crumbs like that just generate infinite value. So let's uh, let's get into these uh, these top eights and talk about some deck lists then, shall we? We start with the big PTQ from this weekend, Pioneer Champs. Eighth place, we have Luris Burn. Seventh place, Boros Aggro, which is, of course, that Featherless Feather build now playing Clever Lubomancer. Sixth place, Niftlight. Fifth place, Grixis Control, which is a sweet magma opus built by Godalicious. Fourth place, we have Traft with Azorius Spirits. Third and second place, both Jund Food. And first place, is it is it Phoenix here? Uh, let's take a quick minute and talk about... Let's talk about... Let's go over the fifth place uh, list by Godalicious here. I think magma opus and the Trenchal Gear Hulk package is a very cool deck to see in Pioneer. And um, obviously, week one, we saw a lot of Teamer coming around. We've seen Godalicious, and I believe a couple other players potentially playing this more controlling Grixis shell now. Um, between the two of those or the, the Claudio, just blue-red version, what do, what do you guys feel about the, just the package in general, the deck list? What do, you, what do you guys think? I think it's fun. I think um, I definitely like the ability to ramp into it. You know, when we when we they call this Grixis control, but it's like the red cards magma opus and we're typically not casting it. Like you you can, you know, but we're we're blue black control with the magma opus package is really what we are, at least in the Go Delicious build. And, you know, it's it's what's keeping uh, I think the blue black control, you know, up there. Because again, how are you can compete with a big old value bucket five five Durgan, you know? Um, which is why like I've been so surprised at the lack of extinction events. But I think it's just it's not something you can um, lean on or rely on against some of those, you know, Niv to Light style decks. There are a lot of varied mana costs there. Some decks, you know, like I said, if you're playing against another deck that relies on Magma Opus, there's not going to be creatures for a while. And by the time there is, right, you're going to fight against their counter spells also. So you're seeing way less instinction events, which I would think would lead to a, a rise in, in creature decks or aggro decks, but, um, not a ton. I mean, there's still a, amount, a good amount of Loris Burn out there, but again, I was hoping for a more diverse aggro deck suite. Can we talk about how sweet Port of Carfell is in this deck? 
Uh, which card is that? It is the Kaldheim Uncommon Blue Black Land that lets you sack it for six mana to reanimate something at instant speed. Oh, and you can buy back Torrential. Yeah, which then buys back Opus. That's pretty dope. Um, all right, let's talk quickly about fourth place Azori Spirits Traft, who entirely cut uh, Skyclave Apparition from the decklist. I think that's a big nod to, uh, I would assume, the Niftlight matchup where your Apparitions aren't really exiling much at all, if anything, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, just more gas, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I'm still, uh, you know, Traft is obviously... Spirits King, Spirits God. I'm still not a big fan of Shacklegeist. I think that could be a mausoleum split. But uh, I am not going to tell them they are wrong whenever they register a Spirits list. Right. Um, let's go move on to, of course, the kind of new kid on the block. We talked a little bit about it last week. Let's let's talk about food here, which is just someone showed up with Eldraine block. <laughs> yep. Not really. I mean, there's obviously other cards. we got Gigantha, yeah. Cauldron Familiar, Gilded Goose, Bonecrusher Giant, Mayhem Devil, Woe Strider, Corvold, Fate Curse King, Fatal Push, Thoughtseize, Witches Oven, Trail of Crumbs, Finding the Old Gods, some lands, right? So Trail of Crumbs is a heck of an engine, right? I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think we mentioned, Ricky mentioned last week, Mayhem Devil should have been a rare. Yeah, Mayhem and, Devil is a, is a house of a card. And Corvold, they, which they've actually admitted was a very pushed commander card, is... A very pushed card in regular constructed formats as well, such as Pioneer. Right. I mean, Corvold, like, you laugh at that card because you, like, look at it and you're like, you're like, I can't possibly lose to this. And then, you know, ten turns, you know, two turns later, you're like, how am I supposed to win against this? Right. I can't believe they put stupid, I I can't believe they put stupid commander cards in, in in my Pioneer format, you know? You very quickly go from Nothing is wrong to everything is wrong. What what kills Corvold? What kills Corvold? Yeah. At, at a bigger opposing Corvold. Yeah. I mean, you look at it, right? It's like, you can't fatal push it. You can't do the thing that's got the counters because it gets counters on it. You can try and remove counters and then get it again, which is the other really premium removal spell in this thing. I've seen some Hagar Maulings going around. I've seen I was about some to say Hagara Mauling is the only thing that gets it. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a couple things that, that are out there that are going, but like the most popular removal spells because that are that are played because they're so cheap do not kill Corvold. And so I could see you looking at your hand and going like, wait a second, like this is actually way bigger of a problem than I thought it, than I thought it would be. And unlike the spirits from Strixhaven, Corvold flies because it's a fairy and it flies. It's all, well, it's a dragon. So it actually flies and uh, will kill you very, very quickly. And this, in my opinion, is another one of the value bucket decks. Like, what you're really trying to do here is get your engine going, and Trail of Crumbs is a lot of card advantage. Well, I was going to say, right, I mean, I was trying to ask the the opinion of, do you think this transition from, hey, we're we're not a sack combo deck anymore, we're just going to be this big value engine sacking foods for our Trail of Crumbs, triggering Mayhem Devil, triggering our Corvold, like, it's just a strong value bucket, right? Mm-hmm. What I like about this, what I like about my $5 KFC bucket here is that we've got life gain, right? Like we've got built-in life gain. This seems to me like a great way to fight off some of the, the burn decks. Um, and, and you know, this is going to be interesting because I, I think that a different type of aggro deck could potentially beat this out that has a little more, you know, either like your spirit or something like that that can fight back against the key cards. You can either interact with the cat combo or you can stop a Corvold from coming down or stop a Trail of Crumbs from outvaluing you, something like that. Something that he can either fight back or, you know, you can 
combo people like a Lumamancer just all in, you know, when they're tapped out type situation. Because um, this looks to me like a you know, Niv to Light with kind of better mana. Uh, you don't have as many tools, but, you know, you've got just to strong a late game, you've got insane card advantage, and you get to survive the early game onslaught with your kitties. I think this deck is pretty insane. Uh, I don't, the only thing I can see is, like, I don't know, I like I like more Thoughtseize, but, like, maybe you're fine without it. That's probably our our independent thing. Like, we're just both big fans of Thoughtseize, and, again, I think there's so much value going around now, and, again, so few combos, that it's just like, well, you know, you take a card, you get information, that's cool, but then, you know, they're just going to get a lot, so... And then if you want to, if, like, if your opponent's thing. playing a slow game, you get to bring in the Citadels. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, phew. Yep, yep. As soon as you see, you know, three uh, three tap lands in your opponent's side, you're like, well, we're slam dunking this thing. We're just going to murder people. Well, Citadel's a house, literally. Mm-hmm. It's the Citadel de Bolas. Um, all right, another necklace I want to talk about here is 11th place Orzov Humans keeping it down. I, I'm glad to see this deck performing very well. It's a deck that was sort of on the outskirts as the tomorrow was coming in, but I think Silver Quill Silencer and Kitesail Freebooter Editions uh, are going to be uh, doing some work here. We'll see the versions of playing uh, Silver Quill Command here, which I don't know if I'm super in on, uh, but it's definitely an interesting card to be seeing them trying out. I will say yeah. that Silver Quill Command is way cooler when you have Killian in play. Okay. Because if you target, if you choose mode one uh-huh. and target Killian, it makes the whole command cost two mana. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's uh, lessons from lessons from uh, Strixhaven Limited here. I, I was excited because I thought instead of Silver Quill Silencers, we were playing Killians. No, because that card's bad. Uh, yeah, probably. But I'm just saying it could make your Silver Quill command good. Yeah, but Silencers too good in general yeah for sure and then i also wanted to point out a deck we talked about last week uh laa 11 with 10 place in a challenge 16th place here in the super ptq with blue green merfolk again so that was definitely uh, a sweet one to see there so if you're definitely interested hearing us talk about that deck list last week they're putting in a lot of work here and it's pay- continually paying off so congrats to them good showing for them better i hope they keep doing well and see them hopefully place in the next couple big events coming up this is actually not Merfolk. This is uh, Mono Blue Devotion. We, I think we essentially called it Merfolk last time, though. It's like the same deck. Well, right. I mean, like... Uh, it is like, Devotion. It is Devotion. Like, you do intend to win the game with this Thassa's Oracle. Sure, yeah. Not really. I hope you don't. If you win the game with this Thassa's Oracle, please tell me. Uh, I mean, you will because you have Master's and Risen Reef, right? Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, sure. That, that'll work, right? Yeah. Stack all your triggers. And then in 26th place, we have their, what they're calling BAMP, but it's actually White is Selesnia Company. And I think this is this is a definite signal that we're definitely heading for a – people are preparing for that Nivellite meta because we're not playing Spell Queller anymore and we're all in now with four Archon of Emiria, two Thalia Heretic Cathar, and two Redain, God of the Worthy, as well as one Kinjali Sunwing. So we want those big, dumb idiots to enter tapped. We want all of our opponents' non-basic lands to enter tapped. So we're just trying to punish the control decks, the extra greed value decks, as having all those non-basics enter tapped. That, this deck performing, and we'll see it again in a couple other events, that's a pretty big signal that Niv Flight's the, the guy to worry about, right? 
Yeah, I, mean, I think we've, we've known that Niftalite is the is the big boy. Yeah. But has it been drastic enough that now we're playing eight cards that make non-basics that are tapped? I think, I mean, at the end of the day, that's also just going to get a lot of the format anyways. Yeah, I think so too. Like everyone's probably at least playing eight to ten non-basics, right? Yeah. So I feel like I feel like that's just safe in general. But also really hurts uh, Niftalite. Mm-hmm. One thing I think this deck has really going forward is the... Um... Elite Spellbinder is a card that I think I was a little down on, mostly just to, to create some talk on it at first. But this is kind of a proactive spell queller in that, you know, you now get to look at your opponent's hand, so you get that info, and then whatever it is, you're going to delay it and hopefully try and kill him in the meantime, right? Or at least make it a lot more expensive. Or, you know, hey, you know a wrath's coming. Now you can, you know, save up that collected company. And it's like, well, you're going to tap out to wrath, and you're just going to spend a lot more for it. I'm going to Coco again or do whatever I'm going to do and, and make it even harder. So, and then three, one beats are very strong. You know, I think there are a lot of cards we've seen as three, one flyers that, uh, or even three, two flyers that beat down very, very quickly. So I like to see this deck here. This is kind of what I'm talking about. I'm like, Hey, I want to see something a little bit different. This is kind of, kind of like a taxes build. It's one of the best taxes builds we're going to see in, in pioneer. And, uh, yeah, really, really like the interactions this has with the format right now. I will say a card I'm not excited on these decks play and like I get like it's just kind of just an extra land right and it lets you play the the lower man account. I never want to play the front side of Kazandu Mammoth. That's like oh, the desperation sure. play. I don't think that card's like great at all. Like it's definitely a land. Like you don't even have a ways to get extra mana drops, so it's just kind of like just another beater five five. If you have the land for it. I don't know. I it, it lets you. It definitely is a way to play extra lands without playing lands, but. It's got to be just another hit on Coco, where it's just like... Hey, it's just, it is, it is. Like, that. It, it is there because you can hit it on Coco, and it's also two extra lands to play that you don't have to be in your land count, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would just... I don't know. I, I, I've i played every Coco variant there is in this format. I've never liked Kazandu Mammoth. I understand what it's for. I, I've played it last weekend as well. I played two of them as well. It's a card I just... It's one of those cards you just have to play, but I honestly hate the card of the deck. Wow, totally fair. And every Coco variant I've played that I've played Kazandu Mammoth, it's one of those cards that I'm like, I again, I see the need to play it. I get why we play it. I've played it myself. I hate playing it every time. Alrighty then, let's move on to the next challenge. We have eighth place uh, humans, seventh place humans, sixth place Nivdelite, fifth place Mono Blue Spirits, Ooh. fourth place Rakdos Pyromancer, third place Bolivo with the mono black aggro as they are known to play second place niv to light and first place island go sam e with jun food no islands in there no islands in there well they said island go get out island go get out yeah go get away from your island yeah i'd like to obviously ricky obviously you're the island resolves so Mm -hmm. you know oh man please don't ever bring that up in public Man. So again, humans do, humans doing good here. Uh, what do we got? Fifth place, mono blue spirits, ascended spirit, mausoleum. Oh, Chris, you like? I, this is a deck for you, buddy. Oh, I've it been looking this. I, I've been looking at this. I am really interested. In this this made it here. This deck is absolutely garbage and historic. But I was I was pretty hopeful for it in Pioneer. Like I said, I, I do think that ascended spirit is that. Uh, dang it, I keep forgetting what's the name of the Kithkin hero of something. Hero, uh, hero of destiny. Hero of Destiny, that's right. Um, I, I think it is the second coming of that card. This this is very, very good, and it lets you spend that unused mana to up your guy, 
And, uh, you know, as I learned, you cannot be casting. I was trying to play cute cantrips. You have zero time for that because you want all your mana in the suspended spirit in your mausoleum one or to counter stuff. So I like this. The list I was playing was not spirits. However, it, we were trying to get cute with some other stuff, but mm-hmm. I think spirits is, is probably, probably the way, you know, what, you know think. what else is a spirit? What's that? Face of Haven. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's shape shifted. It's all that's, it's all that stuff. And I really think this is kind of a, a tribute to mausoleum wonder. You know, mm-hmm. I think that card has insane. I think it's been insane since this came out. Since it's come out. Sorry. And uh, I think that, you know, a spectral sailor and all of a sudden you've got a, a sit counter spell, right. For a free activation. So sure. I really, really like what this does. I think this is the kind of disruption I was hoping to see. And I'm glad to see one sneak in, uh, in the top eight there. Sure thing. Anything else? This top eight you guys wanted to, wanted to mention, look over. Um, not that we necessarily have to, I think there's a couple, a couple interesting uh, thoughts here. Some more humans decks. Here we go. Here's the aggro's one. I see. I didn't look at this particular challenge beforehand. I looked heavily at the, um, heavily at the the champs and not as much of these challenges because there, there's been quite a few challenges actually since we last saw but even connor man is getting in on the the white black uh, humans well that's that's all they've played since tricks haven dropped okay that's that's interesting i mean you know we've had so much fun with thalia's lieutenant right i yes. mean i think we were so impressed with that card when we tried in the coco type stuff uh thalia's lieutenant is a house and mm-hmm. so i can definitely see it i can definitely see it i had a blast playing this deck list and if there's going to be one last deck I pick up for Pioneer before I just sort of stop buying cards for a little while, because, you know, you boys uh, got to save for some nuptials coming up in a year. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. This is the deck I'd buy. I have to talk about uh, 26th place. We are going to talk about that in the next oh, challenge. what? Yes, we'll talk about that in the next challenge. Wait, so that's in this kick... challenge, right? No, oh, does it do better? It's Ricky. Oh, Put a pin on. in it. Hold on. Let's go to the next challenge. Okay. Eighth place, Lotus Combo. Seventh place, Monogreen Stompy with that blue sideboard. Sixth place, Niv to Light. Fifth place, Jund Food. Fourth place, Niv to Light. Third place, Soltai Taking Turns by FWDR3. Up from 26th place in the league in the challenge on Saturday. Second place, Niv to Light. First place, Is It Phoenix? Ricky, now you can talk about the deck list. Well, I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep this. I'll try to get this one up. Apparently, this is the one challenge I didn't open somehow. Oh my god. Okay, this Wait, list this, is this cool. is a different deck. This is, it is a different deck? Yep. What do you mean? Oh. I thought it was. This wasn't the last one body of research? No, no, no. This okay. is uh this is this is a Lotus Field deck, but we aren't like Lotus Field comboing. We don't have the ways to go to our sideboard. Uh-huh. What um, are we doing instead, Ricky? We're playing four Arlen's Epiphany, four Part the Water Veil, four Discontinuity. And four Emergent Ultimatum. And four Emergent Ultimatum. And eventually, we're going to take all the turns with Hero of Dominaria in play. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Let me ask you this question. What happens if I play a Discontinuity on my turn as my Lotus Field comes into play? You win the game. Wow, instantly? Pretty much. Uh, you don't me, have to... At Mark Rosewater on Twitter. I'm pretty sure that's not how it's looking. <laughs> Go ahead. You don't have to uh, You don't have to sack your lands. Wow. That seems overpowered. It's pretty strong. That's why I've also purchased discontinuities. It's pretty good. This is just all the te- extra turn spells. 
It is. What's so funny about this was, uh, I forget who in the Discord was asking about it. They're like, why isn't there a Pioneer taking turns deck? And then someone's like, hey, did you check the challenges? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeez. And those Which, birds will get there, right? Like, that's how yeah, you win. Yeah, that's, that's the big thing, right, is that Alwyn's Epiphany gives you the birds to get there. Um, one thing I, I mean, do like about this deck list... Oh, I'm going to be ahead. honest with you. When that Water Veil gets parted, you're going to yeah. die. I, I well, have parted many a Water Veil in mono blue to uh, <laughs> to just... Uh, with some taking turnsy, sure. Um, wow, the guy we were just talking about—the six mana guy who casts instants from the yard, torrential gear hulk, torrential gear hulk. Yep, torrential gear hulk, and uh, yep, back in the mono blue standard days, this this part of the it only it only costs you nine of them manas, and we're yeah. getting there with our with our lotus fields. Yeah, but I mean, the, the problem with that, like the thing there is, you don't get to awaken off emergent ultimatum. Oh, true, true, true. We're casting the emergent ultimatum. Fair, fair, fair. Yeah. So I this deck is sweet, right? This deck is dope. A Shimmer of Possibility is a weird one, that's for sure. Uh-huh. Uh, but I guess it gets you one deeper than strategic planning does, and we don't really care about filling our yard. And does it have better art than strategic planning? It definitely has amazing art. Uh, incredible art, actually. Less less scoliosis. A lot less scoliosis. <laughs> um, uh, but still the same amount of Jace, so. Yeah, there we go. Actually, strategic planning no longer has bad art. Thank you, Mystical Archives. <laughs> but these tattoos I have, look at how strategic they are. Oh my god. I'm standing here with tattoos, and that's it. That's, his that's whole... the plan. That's the plan. That's the plan. He wrote it on himself. What do you feel about the, like, the one solve the equation? There's some ish in this deck. I love Dude, it. There's some stuff going on. I told on. you. Chand- solve the Chandra equation? Awaken Inferno in the sideboard? Solve the equation is not a card that's going to like break the format but it's literally just going to open the door for a lot of these really wonky ass decks yeah because i mean like so if you play emergent ultimatum right yeah you get like two time spells i mean you get all three time spells right or sure. there's only two right you get yeah. your part of the Waterville, you get arlen's epiphany and then you get uh then you get solve the equation sure to find another emergent ultimatum mm-hmm. so it's like i'm getting an extra turn and then i'm gonna get another emergent ultimatum and then we're going to do this again next turn, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another one. Another one, uh, exactly. There's there's a really weird error where I can't see the card between Emerging Ultimate and Dig Through Time. I don't know what that card is. It's just kind of, like, not there. Actually, I'm not going to lie. Seagate it's Reborn? Sweet. It's good in here when you can play for free. <laughs> it, it's pretty darn good when you cast it for free and draw four cards. Yeah. Uh, so that is it for the challenges this week. A sweet deck list. Congrats, uh, FWDR3. This is a sweet one. Probably one of the sweetest ones we've seen really come out of nowhere in a while, right? Right. Uh, but God, do I not do do I not want to play against it? Oh no, not at oh. all. Oh, well, actually, Sorry. huh? Somebody went and done did it. What? Uh, can we can we talk about the uh, a couple of lists from the Pioneer League real quick? Sure, sure. Somebody. Namely, the King thirty six oh three. They went and done did it. Here we got two brazen borrowers, four night pack oh. ambushers. Oh my god! And four torrential gear hulks. Two and rewinds. You, know, you left that out. What's that? Two rewinds. Well, we're not to the spells yet. That was just the creature package. Okay, all right. That's our that's our creatures, and you know what we playing with torrential gear hulk. You know the the Whitney to the Bobby, the magma opus to the torrential gear hulk coming in here. You know what's happening. We also got us two copies of Rewind, which means you know that the King 3603 
is a magic baller. That means they've played since ninth edition. You know what I'm saying? When that card was all the rage. Uh, clearly somebody the rage. Clearly a connoisseur of magic cards. Let me just put it that way. I, I wouldn't have played the rewind, but I was going to play essentially this deck list on uh, Saturday for the webcam event if my cards had shown up on time. Oh, man, this is this is hot. Scorching Dragonfire. Clearly a lover of Phoenix with a clearly a nod to that one anger of the gods. I mean, it's just it's all here. We're just we're memeing it up. Yeah, you know, Phoenix known for its one anger of the gods. Known for its one anger of the gods. I mean, it's a classic. If you're playing Phoenix and you're not memeing on that one anger of the gods, what are you doing? And then after uh, so game one, go. when you come to your senses and want to play the good cards, you've got two Elder Gargaroth and two Shark Typhoon in your That's board. That's exactly right. We've got big Gargs. Yeah, I love we've big got Danny Gargs. Gargs. But those are cards that we potentially could be playing on our turn. You know, we don't want that to start off with. Man, but they did it. Nightpack Ambusher, four of. Here we go. That's the that's the creature. And then we've got our, our rug deck with our Ghost Spirals. Congrats Chris to the Chris is just so happy because... One of the last Pioneer decks Chris got to play in paper was a deck playing was my deck playing for Nightpack Ambusher. <laughs> That's true. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, there is one more deck I want to talk on this league, if you wouldn't mind, uh, and that is Discord user Zeth Four, uh, renowned Possibility Storm pilot, bringing a a bit of a twist to the deck list. I think is a, a very good twist here. We're adding, th- we're dropping most of the adventure spells. Get those out of here. Get those battle drain cards out of here. We're playing three Gnarled Professor, allowing oh. us to learn for gonna, instant sorcery. We're going to learn, though. We're going to learn, though. So what's nice here is, right, so it definitely the deck used to rely on all the adventure creatures. That way you had spells to a sorcery that you could cast, right, to flip your Enter the Infinite from the Possibility Storm. Word. But instead, now we get to cut all of the, well, some of them, and we get to then actually go now learn for one of our sorceries here to cast in the possibility storm to flip enter the infinite. What's nice here is also if we have a possibility storm in play, we can play a creature to hit Null professor to get, you just start the combo off mm-hmm. without having it in hand. Right. This yes. is a very sweet evolution of the deck. Yeah. We could play any of our cheap creatures to go get that. Uh, yeah. 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 Potentially. Try and hit it. A very sweet evolution of the deck. Wow. Yeah, I, I see I see a lot here. This is this is hot. This is uh another one went and done did it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All <laughs> uh, right, and then of course this weekend we had our unless was there anything else you want to talk about this league? No, no lots of cool stuff, right. but um I think we can move on. And then of course this weekend we had on Saturday our thirteenth wow, thirteen already monthly webcam event won by not servo token that's right the evil has been defeated cavern of the woods is no more wonky wombat with the burn list number one again getting servo token out of there ending i think a a four month reign consecutively was i thought it was up to three i didn't know it was up to four it was it was i think it was four it was either three or four it's hard to tell with months anymore Back to back to uh, back but, to uh, back to back. Huh? But Servo said watch out because he has got food already prepared. So uh, be prepared to uh, eat him up. Can we talk and about the second I, place deck? What's up? Can we talk about the second place deck? That, I, that's what I wanted to talk about. Let's talk about second place with Boot, who loves to play just all the sweet is it cards. And they showed up with Ricky. Why don't you talk about it for us? So they're playing like, is it treasure? 
Okay, what what's what's the deck playing? All right, we're playing four Bonecrusher Giant because that card's just amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. Two Torrent Sculptor slash Flamethrower Sonata. Uh, for those not in the know, four mana for a 2-2 two, two with Ward 2. When it enters the battlefield, exile instant sorcery card from your graveyard and put 1-1 one, one counters on Torrent Sculptor equal to half that card's mana value. Uh, then Flamethrower Sonata is just two mana. Discard a card, draw a card. If you discard an instant or sorcery, deal damage equal to that card's mana value to target creature or planeswalker you don't control. Oh, wow. That's pretty sick. Uh, Goldspan Dragons, Torrential Gear Hulks, and then we've got Sensors, Four Frantic Inventory, Two Depths of Desire, which is three mana, return a creature to its owner's hand and make a treasure. Uh, it, it essentially being five and six of our Prismari commands, because we're playing four of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, three Sinister Sabotage, three Sweltering Suns, two Sublime Epiphany, because we're just going to get them, all the modes. Uh, two dig through time and four magma opus with one shark typhoon. This deck is hot. Mm-hmm. I like this deck. So Ricky, are you are you because again I bought the stuff to play opus, but they didn't show up in time. Are you going to be opus bros with me in the next webcam? I mean, I've got I've got some opus stuff. I'm looking to pick up the opuses and the gear hulks right now. I have. If I was going to play it, I was going to play the Grixis build. Yeah. Aka the the blue black build because I've got all sure. the blue black control built already. Mm-hmm. I also do want to make it Lotus someday, and I want to return to my heyday of Phoenix. So there's just too many decks for me to play right now. There are. There's I might enter twice. You're gonna enter twice? Maybe. Maybe, huh? Alrighty then. Well, that is it for the meta game. Looking a lot of sweet decks going on. Pioneer's just great right now. I think it's pretty insane right now. Uh, but you know, Pioneer for all the sweet decks it has. There, of course, are some, archety- are some archetypes that it is, in fact, missing out on. As we're taking a little about uh, 20 minutes or so here for a little bit of a discussion segment on sort of just what's missing from Pioneer and why do you think those archetypes aren't missing? Let's uh, let's just spitball here. So obviously, historically, I would say death and taxes, right? And I think, like, we don't have, like, the Thalia. We're missing Aether Vial, which is kind of a big deal, right? Um, I think we're seeing this uptick in the Selesnia, the, um, the Selesnia company deck list. And like Chris said, I, I think that's kind of like as close as we're going to get for now, at least. For sure. For sure. Um, I think that the, I mean, once again, white cards in my pioneer, I don't think so. Like yeah, they're they, just not very good. They, it, it's, it's so, I, I think the problem is right. Uh, Aether Vile is a very powerful card. This goes back to me sort of saying that. Pioneer is such an interactive format that it can just happen where you just take like your first three turns to play like one, two, three drop, right? And every turn you can untap the next board. And that's not out of the ordinary for the format. Yeah, I, I think it really goes back to like kind of the cornerstones of Pioneer as we know it currently, which is one, lack of combo decks, right? Two, mm-hmm. you know, as we mentioned earlier in the show, uh, answers are better than threats right now. You know, and again, you've got some really interesting ones that kind of dodge some of those, aka some delve creatures and some uh, some Corvolds. But for the most part, you know, your little dudes are dying to the most cheap and effective removal spells in the format, the most go to removal spells in the format. So it's it is very very hard. I will tell you the the white cards that I think are allowed in my pioneer format are going to be Elite Spellbinder and it's going to be Voice of Resurgence. Voice of Archon- Resurgence. I'm I'm gonna add Archon of Mira to your list. Archon of Mira is an insanely good card in the format. That's fair. That's fair. It's, it's, you know, it's not one that I, I think on its own. Well, I mean, well, that's perfect. No, like it's so many, like 
double shutting off double spell is such a big deal. You're very um, right. You're very the right. La- like Ricky said, even if your opponent has like ten dual lands, having your Archon out on turn two and making their shock land that they're entering tap to play their turn two Sylvan carried it's such a big deal. And the fact that that part of it's one sided is insane. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll let it in the group. We'll let it in the group. I mean, my point is, I think White's gotten a lot better in the last set or two. Um, and again, I think there are a couple white cards that can hold their own. But again, ultimately, as long as we have some of the best removal played in Modern and Legacy available mm-hmm. on Pioneer without some of those cheap creatures or cheap free spells to kind of go along with our with our guys that are going to help us out. And, and yeah. that's and they're also be, they're also being the fact that it's being played multiple. Right? When you look at Modern, you look at Legacy. It's like what decks would have a play set of bolts maybe like three or four swords. And these are all like in separate deck lists, right? Like right. having like more than four removal spells in these, in these other formats, like that's just something that doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. It's more rare. Cause you, you need so much of your own plan going. So. But, but in pioneer, you know, you're all your red spells kill something. They're, they're your stomping giants. They're all your wild slashes, all those kinds of cards, even the aggressive decks, they're playing three or four fatal push alongside a creature that also kills a bunch of stuff. Pioneer decks just start off with like six, six like removal spells, like at minimum, it feels like. Mm-hmm, for sure. I mean, I think Deck and Stone is a very, very good removal spell that you really just don't see a lot of, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, because again, there are so many better options. And again, when you're playing white, you're typically playing with something else. You've got your Cocos, which you're seeing play in, you know, in older formats to um, really help you along in your kind of white or green journey. So, you know, I do think we've kind of got our version of it now, but we didn't for a long time. And, you know, hopefully it comes out. But again, those they're they've moved up the Thalia cost. The Thalia cost used to be two. Now it's three. If you want something that's going to shut some stuff down, they've really made it clear that, hey, it's going to be it's going to cost you three. It's going to be a two, three or a three, two. And that's what it's going to be. So. Or it's going to be two mana, but only on your turn type of deal. Like right. Your tie, it's, it's your just, tie of takers and stuff like that. Yeah, you're, you're not going to get a two mana disruptive creature. You know, again, I think that's why I think the best one you've got is Voice of Resurgence. And that card is insane. I think that card... Voices you know, in absolutely is a house. If you haven't picked up a place at a voice, it's insanely cheap to, when you think about like what it was printed at, right? Yeah. Now mm-hmm. you can pick them up for like a dollar a piece. Wow, that's crazy. I mean, I... Well, I think it's it's close to two, but it, it, they're definitely under $5. When I remember them, like, when you... I remember back in the day when you opened a voice, that was your the half the price of your Dragon's Maze box back, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I, I think that, like, when you're talking about, like, missing formats, and you're talking about green-white, which is a good thing to be talking about right now, uh, but, like, we're definitely missing, like, the Coco decks that win by combo. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's just like a whole modern archetype, essentially. Mm-hmm. It's just like, we're going to play efficient dudes that can win the game on their own, but like also we could just combo at any point. Like a lot of two-card combos, like we're talking about like Devoted Druid decks, right? Right. We're talking about like Heliod Spike Feeder decks. Yep. Um, I mean, we, like, we had that and Watsy said no, right? Like we, we, we had did have a... that. We had Ballista. Yeah. And Watsy said no. Yeah, you couldn't really Coco into Ballista, though. You and that's true. For the, you could Coco for the setup. Right. Well, well, actually, in, in modern, you can Coco for the Ballista uh, because there's that three-drop Ranger Vios that only gets you one thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, like, he just goes and gets you one guy that costs one or less. Mm-hmm. So you go and get your Walking Ballista. But how does but, it enter with a counter? Huh? But how does it enter with a counter? I think you still have to cast it. Goes, it goes to your hand. Oh, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. So, like, I, I think that, like, there's a lot... I think there's a lot going on that could happen 
in like these formats. I think clearly, like we don't, Watsi said they don't want that sort of deck to exist. Mm-hmm. Or at least they don't want it to be walking ballista based. But we're sort of missing that like mid-rangey creature deck that could just combo out of nowhere. Like it's going to try to like, it's going to try to combo on turn three. And if you stop it from comboing, then it's just going to try to beat you down with creatures. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a combo deck that's got a fair game plan that's that's pretty good, right? Like, right. I feel like what we're talking about too is is I could compare it to like an upgrade of the Possibility Storm deck, you know, like Possibility Storm kind of has that, but I I feel like both of its plans are are kind of worse. And as much as I love the deck, right, it's more just like it's more just that the you know the combo costs five mana for one of the cards, and the aggro package is kind of a you know a much worse mid rangey when you compare it to all the value you can get out of other stuff or some of the graveyard shenanigans you can do with black red things like that. So. Um, and I, but I feel like it's, you know, it's, it's there, right? We've got our imitations of, of what you see in other formats, but, but nothing quite, you know, but the fact that combo mostly in its entirety is missing from the format does make it pretty interesting, you know? Well, I would say that like the aggressive, like aggressive as in like, it's, it's a then and done for combo, right? Like it'll just end mm-hmm. this game, like turn four, there's still combo, but you got to work for it. It's not going to automatically end the game. Yeah, and, and it looks and it's made the format very interesting. Like I think, as we're seeing now, you know, there's nothing. You know, when we came from kind of the inverter and then the mm. the companion shenanigans that kind of you know taken over for half of the life of this format. We're now in a place where I think you can show up with anything, and like I said, if you know it well, you know you can win. And I think there are things that are going to tend to do better. You know, your value bucket decks bucket decks are going to be up there, um, but hey, you can play yourself some Phoenix, right? If you know the lines, you'll do well. Um, you know, Winota's an option, um, you know, various control decks that are going to rely on either a Valky kind of uh, synchro, whatever you call it, um, uh, Valky synergy or the Magma Opus Torrential Gearhulk synergy, you know, maybe even Porcano Los Dos on that. You know, it's it's right. led to a very interesting format where you can do, you know, various things like that. So uh, I also think that we're missing, uh, just like every format, we're missing Splinter Twin. <laughs> you would be, you would say that mm-hmm. it just needs to be added into every format mm-hmm. but like would you what would you like to see like what obviously i i know I'd you're like gonna to see say i want to see actual splitter twin yeah, yeah. <laughs> i want to chat with the cost red red too <laughs> but like ideally what like power level what turn win would be acceptable to you for like the splitter twin or do you just want that like Hey, can you? Which is what you're trying to do with like the the body research deck, right? Just the can you answer both of these pieces? Right, that's what I'm doing with my body research, and my body research did arrive. Ooh, so I'm gonna. My mind's telling me no. Oh no, my body is telling me yes. My body is telling me I've got a forty forty in play. Yeah. So, I, I just, I just think that like two card combo decks, they sound really lame, but I think they're pretty fun. I think they're fine when they're not, like, turn four, like the other combo decks were. Right. And, and for, that's for sure. Like, uh, I think Splinter Twin did gatekeep the format of Modern quite a bit. Well, it's so funny but now. Like, we talked about Walking Ballista's gone. But, like, you look at all the cards that were banned in Pioneer, and now they're just overrunning Modern? <laughs> like. Right. It's true. I mean, Modern is a, Modern is a, is a. It's a lawless I mean, place. It's a fun place for sure. I mean, like, the thing is. The thing with Modern that Modern has that we don't have, right, is they have two-card combos and they have fast mana. We don't have either of those things. So, like, when you talk about, like, archetypes that are missing, I really don't think there's archetypes that are exactly missing. Like, we have the control archetype, 
we have the aggro archetypes, the burn archetypes, the mid-rangey archetypes. Like, we're specifically missing decks that rely on, like, a two-card combo, and we're missing decks that rely on fast mana. So, like, we don't have Amulet Titan. We don't have Tron. Would you... What about, like, Reanimator? Nobody has Reanimator. There's not someone in Legacy still trying to make it happen? I mean, there's people in Legacy trying to make it happen, but, like, I, I just don't think... And so, okay. We're missing... Is, I'm pretty is, sure Wizards of the is Coast... Soul, is Soul Flare Pioneer's Legacy? Is Pioneer's Reanimator deck, I mean. I mean, Dredge exists to an extent in Pioneer. Yeah. I've played it before, and it used to actually be really good. Because it was a two-card combo. It was actually a one-card combo. I think it's still fine now. Um, well, I mean, you have no Balistrad Spy. Oh, well, I'm not talking about Oops All Spells. I'm talking just, like, the actual Dredge deck, right? Like, I think the deck's still oh, fine. Oh, yeah, the deck was fine, um, for sure. But I, I think Wizards has literally uh, raised a flag against all graveyards. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody has, uh, has hurt Mark Rosewater's family in a graveyard once. You know, somebody tripped and fell on a headstone. You know, Mark okay. Rosewater's dog ran away because he got too scared inside of a graveyard. And mm-hmm. they have now decided that, like, the graveyard should be empty. Nobody should put anything in the graveyard. Except for Uros. Right. You put Uros in the graveyard. But other Not than that, more. I want it gone. Right. I just... There's too much graveyard hate, guys. Yeah. I, a I lot of graveyard hate. And again, I think my fear has been like there's there's actually some interesting cards, right? Like there are some four mana cards that you can cast that will reanimate creatures from your yard. But it's just like, you know, we don't have the Iona, right? Ionia, whatever for that card. Yeah. Let's stop from because we don't we don't have the the Archon that makes it our opponents can't attack us with creatures, you know? We, we don't, don't have, have the Grizzle Dad. Right, yeah, we, we don't have the giant angel that when it comes into play or leaves play takes out permanence. Like we've got Angel of Serenity, like that's something, and I think that could you be have Ashen, be you have Ashen Rider. Oh, uh, we do have Ashen Rider? Yeah. Cool. We've got Ashen Rider. Um but between that Angel Serenity, it's it's just not enough. You know what I'm saying? Like you would really yeah, need yeah. something that could bring a bunch of other creatures back, right? Like something like that. Like you would need some big old dragon that like, oh, when this comes into play, go get all your other dragons and bring them in or something like that, you know? The only other, like, real deck that kind of is surprising to me on this, why hasn't it done more in Pioneer is Rogues. Like, what what's keeping Rogues out of Pioneer right now? Like, obviously, it's kicked button standard for a while now. It shows up and does pretty decently in Historic. What's kept Rogues out of Pioneer? I think, I think that there are better black cards. Thoughtsies. Like, I, I, I don't... Why wouldn't they just play it? Like, I feel like there's so much good, and, like, there's already so much, uh, how to say, like, there's so much early black cards, like, there's uh-huh. push, there's all this stuff, like, rogues really praise upon the fact that, like, like that they're playing guys on turn one and turn two that are going to set the pace of the game. Sure. They want to be, like, they want to play one drop, two drop, and then turn three, they just sit back and they control those two guys, right? Sure. And, but, uh, but now they're sitting across the table from what Arcanist, humans, mono yeah. red, who also have a one and a two drop, and they're like, all right, well. But like the thing is, you get you get more counter magic and stuff like that. Like in Pioneer, it, there's like way more pushes. There's way more. There's way more things that can interrupt the first two guys. Uh-huh. The thing is, like one three for two mana is so big in standard because it doesn't die to like stomp. It doesn't die to shock. Like you have to have like. 
either Heartless Act or Blood Chief's Thirst, and Blood Chief's Thirst has really fallen out in standard right now. And like you've also got a lot of tap lands in the format, so like it's just very hard on turn one or turn two, especially if the Rogues player is on the play, for you to answer the instant speed one three that comes into play. But in Pioneer, it's very easy for you to probably answer that one three when it comes to play because you're probably playing push mm-hmm. or you're playing like Wizard's Lightning or something a little stronger than a Shock that could get it. You know, yep. sure. maybe you played Soul Scar on turn one, so the Shock is just good enough. Sure, you've got sense. spirits you could be playing instead, or, th- or things like that. I mean, um, I definitely a good question, but I think that kind of like, like the competition for aggressive decks is so so hardcore. That's like I think that's why you keep seeing Rakdos um, because it's got the answers to answer the other aggro decks with a better backup plan. So when it runs into that aggro mirror, it's like, well, hey, I'm I'm the better value deck between us, but I can still sometimes out aggro some of the later game value decks that just slip up a little bit. Or, you know, I can get my stuff back, so. Sure. All right, I mean, uh, what, one other last deck, right? So I, I mentioned, obviously, the, the Blue Devotion deck list is saying it's like Merfolk. Is that just sort of like, when you think about, we don't have Merfolk. You, you're kind of surprised with how many, like, having Ixalan block and stuff like that is just Spirits kind of pioneers equivalent of the modern Merfolk deck of just evasive creatures with a little bit of disruption in it. I think that tribal is honestly way harder the bigger your part, your card pool gets. Uh-huh. Like you, you think that like you want more cards because you want uh you want more cards from your tribe, but you just sure. want a dense set of cards from your of tribe. like the same types of cards, right? Or you want something absolutely utterly broken that shouldn't be allowed in your format, but is allowed to sit in your format for no reason. Uh, cough, cough, Muxus. Well, hey, they have storm to worry about now. Which have you? I don't know if you guys saw this, but. Um, so they fixed Tainted Pack roping you out, right? Oh, but Tainted as, Pack just takes forever to, to actually play? Yeah, but so but the rope would keep running while you use it, so you just time out your turn. Um, I don't think they fixed this yet, but I know Amy the Amazonian uh, posted had a clip she posted from her stream where she ran out of time selecting Grape Shot Storm Triggers. Oh my god. And when you run out of time, do you know what happens to the ones you don't pick? They target you. They target you. Why? Oh. Wow. Uh, I, I have a clip today where my game just broke, and uh, like I got this weird like pink rectangles effect. It looked like if you've ever played Gmod, right, or like any source game, and you're missing a texture. Yeah, my opponent played like a fight spell on my guy, and it just like instead of having the card like go tap my card, it just made pink rectangles appear all over my card. And then they did it again, and it happened a second time. I was just, like, very confused. Top-tier esports ready confirmed. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Any other any other real archetypes you're missing? Obviously, Ricky wants to see um, Splinter Twin. Any archetypes you want in Pioneer, rather, that you feel like you're missing out on? No, I feel like it's fine. I think, I think that the Pioneer metagame is very, very, very diverse and strong and it's got mostly something for everybody i think that like the big rogues problem is just like your one two setup are either going to be disrupted by other people's one and two or or are not as strong as like turn one mana elf sure like i feel like rogues is a deck that preys on like turn one ketria triome into turn two like uh some random temple sure so i think that like Everything is fine. I would like to see the fires go away. Really? You're you think fires is too good? 
I don't think it's too good. I just don't like the card. And I feel like because, like, we're not, like, the fastest mana we have is Llanowar Elf. And Llanowar Elf has answers in every color except for white because white is garbage. It has an answer in white. It has Isolate. Oh, yeah. We have to play Isolate. Yep. Um, Because of all that, I think that, like, Fires of Invention is the only fast mana left. Uh Uh-huh. And so, for that reason, I want to remove it. Also, I just... I despise Yorian decks. Okay. I can't tell you how tilting it is when the last card in the Yorian deck player's hand is the exact card that they needed. Sure. They're playing 80 cards, and they had better luck than you. Look, sometimes you draft Pioneer Cube and your opponent drafted every counter spell in the cube, and they just get to counter every spell you play for six turns in a row. Uh, uh, theoretically, of course. Theoretically, allegedly. Yeah, that would never actually happen. No, never. It never actually happened. That would be miserable. That wouldn't be allowed. That would be horrible and would not be uploaded as a VOD to the YouTube to a YouTube channel. Right, exactly. Because because you're just so salty after that. I guess the only thing I really want, I guess the only thing I could think of is like, it would be nice to have like a Delver-esque deck. And when I say Delver, I mean like the, the old legacy decks where it's just like, you play a Delver or a Mongoose on turn one and then turn two is ending your opponent's li- will to live. Hmm. It's just oh like... there there was there was a deck I played against on stream I think it was the Teamer Opus stream I'll have to go back and look at it but there was like it was like turn one Cloudfin Raptor like go and they were just playing just like interactive spells and they were like it was playing like Creeping Shield the deck was weird I'll have to see if I'll have to see if I can find the stream that was in and show you the deck list because it was it was weird but it was kind of interesting because like that's like even in Popper in Popper you can play like. Uh, blue red delver and your deck is just like counter spells and burn spells and like yeah uh two powered flyers for one mana well pioneers doesn't have a good like two mana counter spell right like no it doesn't it's got sensor and that's it um it also doesn't have a wasteland yeah i wouldn't mind stone rain also like a ponza deck yeah oh that's a good one yeah or like honestly the real thing we're missing is we're missing anti-meta there's no anti-meta deck in Pioneer. What do you mean? And by anti-meta, I mean, like, a deck that just tries to either cast, like, a hoser that hoses the meta, right? Oh, okay. It's like, a I'm going to try to cast Blood Moon on turn two and see how many free wins I get. Or a I'm trying to cast Ensnaring Bridge on turn two and see how many free wins I get. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But that's probably for the best. Those decks are sort of lame. Alrighty then. Well, gentlemen, thank you for joining that discussion. Chris... It's that time once again. Is it time to ask the question we ask nearly every week here about the, the amount of slappage? We call this segment, Does It Slap? All right, this week's deck list comes from former Crew 3 champion. Wow, it's really weird to look at his name and see it not in gold anymore. Uh, Servo Token, who submitted us Mardu Actual Aristocrats deck. Uh, but first, there, this deck does come with a, pre- with a little bit of a preamble. So, if you will, come on with me, come with me on this journey. Once again, we've woken in the middle of the night with the vision, sleepily rubbing my forehead as the third eye opened, it casting a dazzling gleam of glittering light into my closet and over my cat sleeping at the foot of the bed, who immediately burst into flames upon witnessing the brilliance of my epiphany. Venerable Warsinger, it called out to me in a hushed whisper. It basically said, I'm basically just Loris. And thus, Mardu Actual Aristocrats is born, forged in the fires of the Pioneer Channel. We've aligned the stars to the ultimate aggro-based synergy, deck with the op- 
option to pivot into a disruptive shell on a dime. Is it the next Niptolite? Probably. Will it take down your next FNM? Absolutely. But does it slap? The question we need to know. All right, this deck list plays four Archfiend Vessel, four Hunted Witness, one Cartel Aristocrat, four Fireblade Artist, four Kitesail Freebooter, four Priest of Forgotten Gods, one Savannah, Savannah Sage. Hold on, what is this? All right. No, I think uh, this has got to be a mistype, right? Nope, nope. It's a Cat Cleric. That's why it's there. Two Elite Spellbinder, three Judith the Scourge Diva, three Lurus of the Dream Den, four Venerable War Singer, two Claim the Firstborn, and four pyre of heroes do you know why that savannah sage is there ricky oh my god because you can go into loris it's, or it's you can go so, into war it's singer so you, it's so you sack archfiend's vessel right to go find savannah sage to either get loris or venerable war singer that is correct this is very upsetting the five <laughs> head plays so the galaxy upsetting. i understand why servo's cat caught fire from the brilliance this is so unbelievably upsetting. I think the cat is represented here by Savannah Sage. But is this what does Venerable Warsinger do? Well, Venerable Warsinger is a three-three vigilant trampler from Strixhaven. It's a card I actually really like a lot. Uh, when Venerable Warsinger deals combat damage to a player, you may return turn a creature card with mana value X or less from your graveyard to the battlefield, where X is the amount of damage Venerable Warsinger dealt to that player this turn. So if you just deal one damage because it has trample, you get to buy back your Archfiend's vessel. I've literally opened three stupid boxes of the set, and I've never seen this card. Yeah. So my only problem with this deck list, and it's it's an unfortunality here of just I've struggled. I've been like trying to make clerics work, but Pirate of Heroes is not it. But I'm still here for this dream, right? Because if we're gonna do it, this is a way to do it. Of because my problem with Pirate of Heroes is just you can't progress your board state while also activating Pyre because Pyre still costs two mana to activate as a sorcery, but. Since we're getting cards back with Warsinger, we still get to advance the board state, which gets around the problem I've been having with Pyre of Heroes lately, trying to make it work. Yeah, Pyre of Heroes is a card, I think, as we talked about, I was very, very excited about. And um, I'm excited to see this card do some stuff. I, th- I think this card is real. And um, I think as we see more live events come back, hopefully in the next year, we're hoping, um, we're going to see a lot of cool brews. I think this deck is cool. And I get what they're trying to do. Uh-huh. But <laughs> I don't want to beat this guy. But you're going to be. Like, if your opponent plays a literal 3-3, do you just lose? Shh. <gasps> Ricky, why? Well, you got well, to... Well, it's okay, though, because you got you got Judith and you've got Priest to get that 3-3 out of the way. You just bap it on the head. Make him stack it. <laughs> there we I go. Mean, there's some sick value packages here for very cheap. There right? is. Like, we're gonna I, get this stuff out here. We're gonna play some elite spellbinders to disrupt opponent. Like we've got some. I, I think that I think the thing we're looking at is like, hey, we we want some more aristocrats type effects in here. But with pyre, theoretically, we can just go tutor up the ones we have, right? Like, yeah, we're a little more reliant on on pyre than I think I I do want to be. But you know, when we get it, we're gonna fire off, right? We're gonna disrupt with Kritesail Freebooter, right? We're gonna use our priest as one of our our effects. We're going to Judith people out with some damage. We've got ways to protect our key pieces with Cartel Aristocrat. Um, Cartel, I think, is a card I'd like to see maybe one or two more of in here, just to like, you know, I feel like that card's pretty crucial to saving our saving our butts here. But, uh, you know, I'm about it. I like that Venerable War Singer's going to... That's a card that I would actually like to see kind of less of. I think that's a card that I kind of want to be tutoring oh, for. Oh, no. That's why I'm here. I love Venerable War Singer. Yeah, I agree. It could, pro- it could probably be like, it could be like a two of that we could just tutor up, right? 
yeah, my, my thing is I want to see that two or three of because I think there's some other cards I really want to see more. Again, like, I probably would like to see another Cartel Aristocrat to protect it once it comes down. You know, like, I really want to be able to protect with Cartel before I'm just throwing my War Singer out there. I could see playing the four because it's like, well, you know, if I draw one, great, and then I can, you know, then obviously I can pyre into it. So, um, man, you know, hey, this is kind of the Aristocrats deck we were we were talking about or some kind of version of it, right? Mm-hmm. We're playing a, a lot of the uh, the hotness. The only thing I'm not super excited about is Fireblade Artist, but I maybe it is the best way to do that. You know, I don't know. It lets you just like it goes two damage to face, or does it go two damage to anything? It's, it's them face or, or planeswalker. The old school it's definition of opponent. It's not too bad. It lets you sack claim, right? Oh no, it doesn't. It's the your upkeep. Maybe do we want more cartel aristocrat? I think I play more cartel over that. Yeah. There's got to be a, a two-minute card we're, we're missing. There's got to be a better cat. Like, I feel like I've looked up some cats, and there's got to be a... Uh, the big thing is a better cat, cat cleric. cleric. So we can go into either three-drop. True, I see what you're saying. Nope, oh, Mr. Kitty agrees. He he wants the cats. Okay, Mr. Kitty. Yeah. All right, we'll keep it in there. We'll keep it in there. Jeez. Uh-huh. Yeah, hey, hey, man, don't... don't gotta do don't, what Mr. Uh, Kitty says. Gotta do what Mr. Kitty says. I also respect that we're playing uh, two of Pleasant Kenobi here with the Mystical Archive Art of Clean the Firstborn. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't have too many critiques of this deck. I mean, no, it, it feels like it does what it what it wants us to, uh, what it wants to do, you know. And Venerable mm-hmm. Warsinger, this is probably going to be the uh, the deck we're going to use, right? Like, we can get our ones, we can get our whatevers. We're going to feed the yard a little bit and and have plenty of stuff to get back. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I don't know how I don't know how much we're winning, but uh, I think that this is you know. I one mean, of the look, decks. Servo Token says, "Will it take down your next FNM?" Almost assuredly. I believe I'll, it could. I believe it. Yeah, I definitely believe it could. Again, I, I think this is one of those decks that really, given how off <laughs> how off we're having to go to a, to accomplish an Aristocrats uh, end game, um, Pioneer, you know, this is the Pioneer version of it. So, and, and I think that, you know, hey, if you know your lines, if you know what you're going to go get beforehand and you know what you need to beat a certain matchup, you could definitely do it. Like I said, I'm, I'm super excited to see this style of deck, other styles of decks, you know, come back in live and, and watch people destroy local local tournaments with them. Right, All right. We're ready to give uh, final slap ratings here. I am ready to give final slap ratings. I'm ready to hear Ricky just abstain from voting. <laughs> no this one's ever tried. No one's ever tried that yet. We uh, it, does that work? In Survivor. Oh, in uh, Survivor, you can. No, no, no. no. I, I, know, to vote. I know it works in Survivor. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying here. No one's ever tried just to be like, I don't want to vote. Oh, no. No, no, no. We don't know what, ha- we don't know what happens. Okay. Uh, all right. Who wants to go first? I'll go last. Okay. I'm going to go a one out of one Savannah Sage. Uh, top points. And obviously, Savannah Sage here is the reincarnation of Servo's cat that uh, burst into flames in witnessing of his brilliance here, the, the epiphany. Uh, so, Servo, I am so sorry for your cat loss. And I am glad to see that it's represented here in the Savannah Sage going forward. I feel like we all have to use Savannah Sage. So, I will give this three out of four Savannah Sage paws. Uh, okay. I was going to give this a self-inflicted wound out of five. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about your cat. <laughs> I don't think you're very sorry. As, sorry. The, as the only non-cat owner here, I don't think Ricky's sorry at all. There's this mm. cat right behind me. It's not your cat and she hates you. Yeah, she does. Clearly, Ricky just doesn't want to respect the self, the uh, the Savannah Sage. I just didn't think about making a joke about the Savannah Sage because it didn't have any cool numbers on it. And then Fair I, enough. I, I wanted to talk about claiming the firstborn, but then it was like a one out of three. I was going to like 
one firstborn out of the three convertible. It wasn't high enough. Yeah. Sorry, firstborns, not high enough. Not high enough. Well, dang it. Next time. Next time, next firstborns. Time. Next time? Next time. Is, is next time going to be a good or bad thing for them? Usually if you're pointing out a firstborn, it's usually bad, I feel like. Yeah, probably, actually. You know, we're just yeah. going to leave that in the air. They'll figure yeah. it out. Look over your look over your shoulder when you're knocking on the street next time, firstborns. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. Of course, Servo, thank you for the deck this week. We hope you had a wonderful episode. Let me remind you, we are sponsored by our Patreon, patreon.com slash crew3mtg. Support us over there or use the affiliate code URL below for Inked Gaming. Gentlemen, where can they find you on the socials? Ricky? At also Steve on Twitter. And you can find me streaming from 10 to noon CST every weekday at uh, twitch.com slash TV. How are your metrics on the presser video doing? Are they better? A little better. Okay, all right. Well, I posted on the Reddit. People were, someone asked, and I sent them the link, so, you know. Oh, yeah, thank you so I'm, much. I'm one helping, one view at a time. One view at a time. Chris, where can they find you on the socials? You can find me on Twitter at its underscore Christmas, and Christmas has a no T. Anywhere else? Um, Twitter's your best place to get a hold of me. Go ahead, go ahead and at me. I do check it once or twice a day, and, uh, you know, one day I'll use it more once we're out of this <laughs> uh, quarantine nation yeah. thingy. All right. And I can't wait course. to have a quarantine with the boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we were going to do that a couple weeks ago before Watsy screwed us. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you can find me on the official Twitter at Crew3Podcast, where I tweet about all things Pioneer and all sorts of dumb things I'm up to, like the fact that I'm going to quit Magic to just play Girls Un Panzer in World of Tanks solely. That's all I'm going to do from now on. Get ready. We're changing up. We don't have to change the name of the podcast. It's just be about tank stuff now. Still Crew 3. Uh, I hope you're all okay with that. I didn't run that by you, but I just – executive decision. Yeah, that's fine. I'll go play some Flesh and Blood. All right. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, of course, you can find us on Twitch and YouTube, both at Crew MTG, where I upload. And now back to uploading a weekly deck tech along with the stream VODs. And, of course, you would have already known, but – uh, short stream channel this week, but I normally stream on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. for about an hour, hour and a half, and the same time at 7.30 on Friday evenings. A bunch of Pioneer action. Thank you all again for listening. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye. 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 Bye.